it was always the plan that halfway through our sabbatical, I would uh, pop back in, do a talk, say hello to you all, uh, see you. Uh, and I gave myself an out, so I said that by this last Monday, if I wasn't feeling it or couldn't be bothered, that um, I would say to Chris, nah, you can do it. Uh, but um, I, I could be bothered and was feeling it. So <laughs> we went with the original plan. So, so I'll, I'll tell you what the theme of the talk is. Uh, we are dealing in, the, in a series at the moment called I Am um, and who we are in God, basically. Really important. I, it's difficult to overstate its importance. So I put the schedule together. And do you mind just turning me down a bit, please? I feel like I'm just reverberating. Um, thank you so much, Tom. I'll just talk a bit louder. Use my playground voice. Um, and... The theme today was, I am powerful. Absolutely true. Ephesians 6, verse 10, go and read it. You are powerful. That's that talk done. So um, I said to God, what do you want me to talk about? I know what's on the theme for this week. I'm really, I'm really happy to talk about it. And God said, I'll give you the word to say. I said, oh, great. Thank you. This was Monday. Wednesday. Hey, God, me again. Here I am. I'm ready to start planning Sunday. I'll give you the words to say. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Okay. Oh, not now. Okay. Um, and then Friday, the same. Yesterday morning, the same. Yesterday afternoon, the same. This morning, the same. I have literally nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. But I have been told by him that Whoever, through whatever I do end up saying this morning, you are going to end up, and we are going to end up, more hungry for him. You should have been way more excited about that. If not, you honestly need to find a different church to sit in, because we are about hunger here. Um, if you've got a Bible, I mean, there'd be no chance of any slides. That would be a miracle if the slides came up. Like, <laughs> God said, oh, I went ahead, son. Uh, that's great. <clears throat> Um, just to say, well, just while I'm finding this uh, bit, that some of you have been so kind in saying, are you really enjoying sabbatical? I'm like, ha, 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 enjoying. You have to remember that the word I was given before it started with a combination of, Chris, it's going to be a time of circumcision and a picture of a man with a very big sword. <laughs> Ask me again, are you having fun? Um, it isn't fun, but I am so grateful. It's precious. It's precious. It isn't, woohoo! I don't know if any of you have ever, men I'm looking at really, been circumcised or had the snip or something. Not many of you on that morning wake up going, it's today. <laughs> no. It's a bit like that. And yes, I have painted a bit of the house <laughs> at the same time. Honestly, I've had some precious times with God, and he has been, it's been a bit like surgery. It's, but God is cutting away. The circumcision is obviously to cut away. To, God talks about circumcising your heart. You cut the stuff away to make you more sensitive to him. Like God breathes, and you go, I felt that. That. You want to be that sensitive, that in tune with him. So in Psalm 42, it says this. As the deer pants for streams of water, 
So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul longs for you. My soul aches for you. How's your aching for God? How's your longing? How, how is your, oh my goodness, I've just got to get with him. I I, I'm just missing him. I, I, I feel like I've been an hour since I connected with him. I've just been distracted by something and I, I, I've got to have you. As the deer pants for streams of water. We have a dog, not a deer. Um, and she pants. And sometimes she pants and then she goes and waits by her water bowl because maybe the water bowl is empty or something. And she'll pant and, and pant and pant. And, and obviously one of the ways dogs cool down is they, they will stick their tongue out and <sighs> like that. And it's to try and help cool down. And you put the water there. And she waits for you to walk away with the water and then we'll just go and devour the whole bowl of water. She'll just lap and lap and lap and lap and lap and lap and lap. As our dog longs for water, so my soul longs for you. Oh God, can you just give me a quick zhuzh of a spray as I walk past? I mean, I, I, don't, want the, I don't want the indignity of of lapping at water, showing my hunger for you like that. But uh, I'm going to take you to, uh, if you've got Bibles, then, then follow me around. We, we're going to probably hit a few verses. Uh, go to John chapter 15. So John is one of the four uh, Gospels, as they're known, one of the four books about Jesus' life. And if you go to John chapter 15... And some of you will know this. All the ones of you who haven't got your Bibles out, you're like, oh, Chris, John 15, it's, it's all memorized. Um, but if you have got a phone or a Bible, or, or you can just listen, whatever. I'm, I'm playing with you this morning. It says this. Some, some of you, it's to be so familiar. You're like, yeah, 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 I know this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Terrible translation, but we're not covering that today. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you, which just shows God doesn't punish in that sense. Um, you're corrected by him talking to you. Uh, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This isn't rocket science, right? This is Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. My arm can do this because it's connected to the vine. If, I, if, I, if this arm becomes disconnected, I'm assuming I can't do this. It's deep, right? Really deep. Um, and this is what Jesus was saying. He's saying, stay connected to me and your arm can do this. I don't think that's quite what he meant. And look, the other one does it too. Um, I can't do them two together, probably not. Um, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. This is good. We're supposed to be bearing fruit. In fact, we're supposed to be bearing enough fruit that further on it says, um, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And it actually goes on to say that you will be known, we will be known 
by the fact that we bear fruit. That's how Christians, people who are following, sold out for, following God, not church attenders, Christians, that's how they are to be known, by their fruit. But listen to this. This is very uncomfortable verse. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Then it says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I think that's a bit of a stupid verse because obviously I can do things apart from him. Or, or can I? What can I do apart from God? Can I breathe apart from God? Can I bear the fruit that I'm supposed to be bearing if I become separated from God? No. So I spent some time. <clears throat> it didn't take me long. I went, um, I went back into the Greek for nothing, thinking, oh, maybe it's one of these NIV translation issues that you get. Um, and the word means absolutely negative. Like, okay, no, they've, they've, they've done a fair job of translating that word. <laughs> absolutely negative. Like, you cannot push negative to a far enough extreme to get this word. Apart from me, you can do not a lot. No, you can do nothing. No, listen, nothing. You can do nothing. Absolutely negative. You can do nothing apart from him. Act. Let's head there. If you're still following... Well done. In my former book, Theophilus, chapter 1, verse 1, I wrote, all, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. His former book was the book of Luke, as it's Luke writing, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Da, 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 goes on. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. It's a new church building. Oh, no. For John baptized it will to be in a few days. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set to return, because they said... When they met together, they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It's like, Jesus, like, oh my word, you lot. That's not what I've come to do. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is all chapter 1. Still in chapter 1. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers and said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago. Chapter 2, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. We carry on. Chapter 3, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all people, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my Holy Spirit in those days. Still only in chapter 2. 
exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and is poured out what you now see and hear. Further on, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you getting the message? Chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, so this is nuts, right? This, that's Peter before the Sanhedrin. The believers pray. Oh, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. And they prayed and they prayed. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Going into chapter 6. I love the fact that in chapter 6, they need some people to wait on tables. The the disciples, the apostles, whatever you want to call them, they have been waiting on tables, trying to sort out the distribution of food. And they, in the end, they say, hang on, this is a bit stupid. We're neglecting neglecting getting into into the scriptures that they had. Um, obviously, there wouldn't have been a New Testament. They were in the middle of writing it um, by living it out. Um, but they would have at least had the first five books of the Old Testament, obviously, and some Psalms and things like that. So some of those scriptures would have been in place. And they needed some people to wait on tables. Now, no offense to any waiters, waitresses. I've, I've never done that job. Uh, no, that's not quite true. Never been paid to do that job. It's not that difficult, Right? You just be nice to people, you take their order, you try and write it down correctly, you go through to the kitchen, you pick up the food, you bring it to the table. Except what they wanted here were people who were full of the Holy Spirit. To serve food? Full of the Holy Spirit. It's, in fact, it says, the only two criteria they needed to be able to distribute food, two criteria... One, full of the Holy Spirit. Two, wisdom. Wow, there's a job spec. Could have said so many things. Ability to organize a team, really important. Doesn't mind wearing a white shirt with a smart tie of some description. Ability to work as part of a team is reliable. Will turn up when they say they're going to isn't afraid of hard work. There's so many things could have been on that job spec. Number one, full of the Holy Spirit. We're not even going to consider you if you're not full of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Stephen was one of the ones who was chosen. He was a man full of God's grace and power, and he performed great wonders and signs among the people while he was waiting on tables. He performed such great, such great signs and wonders while only waiting on tables that he got seized, put up in front of the authorities, and ultimately got stoned to death. Stoned, that type of stone. Full of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Full of the Holy Spirit. And in the end, he gets stoned, dies, 
says, God, receive my, receive my spirit. He probably went, incoming! Like that. They used to tie them to a post. And you weren't allowed to throw a stone that was bigger than your fist. Then people would find stones. And if they were kind, they'd aim for your head first. Full of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. <clears throat> if you read Zechariah, how many of you are familiar with um, Zechariah? Brilliant. Good. <laughs> Let's turn there. If only, the, uh, if only the Bible were alphabetical, you could head to the back. Instead, you're going to have to head to the first page, find the contents page, uh, and then you'll be able to find Zechariah. And there's never any shame in looking for a contents page. Um, I am getting more and more into just having my paper Bible with me. Uh, <clears throat> but in Zechariah, chapter 4, some of you will know about him that he was a prophet. So in the Old Testament, not everyone could prophesy. Admittedly, in the New Testament, people have the office of prophet, but we're not going there today. So not everyone could prophesy in the Old Testament. Why was that? Oh, hang on, because it needed the Holy Spirit, and not everyone had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Anyway, he says he receives a series of visions where God says to, I think I've got it on my phone, actually. That's just literally on my screen. Yes. He says, this is Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3, Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Return to me declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. Return to me. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. Turn to me. Return to me. Come back. I am missing you. Now, in chapter 4, what has happened is the temple, which was the seat, effectively the the home of God among the people. Thank goodness that God now makes his home in us, right? But uh, in, in that day and age, God was in the middle of the temple. The temple had been destroyed. The Israelite people hadn't followed God. And God said, if you don't follow me, then you walk out from under my protection and other nations will come in and they will destroy you as a people. I will always leave a remnant because of my promise to you and they'll destroy the temple, blah, blah, so on. That had all happened, exactly as God said it would. Just read like 1 Kings, 2 Kings, or all that bit. You watch this like rise and fall. Good king, things went well. Bad king, things went badly. Don't forget that the Israelite people insisted on a king. God never wanted to give them a king. He said, you've got me. No, 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 we want a king. All the other nations have got kings. And he said, ah, you don't. You've got me. No, 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 we want a king. Okay. You can have your king. Saul, that didn't work out very well. Sometimes we press God for things and he gives in against his better judgment. But in Zechariah, he's talking about the rebuilding of this temple and there's this quote that many people know and oh my goodness, if only we could get hold of it. And it is this, he's saying about how it's going to be rebuilt all these things that are going to happen, the people are going to come back in, that the streets are once again going to be filled, 
that God is going to once again make his home in them. They will stop being the laughing stock of all nations. Just read all the chapters of Zechariah. You'll see all this. Slap bang in the middle of it all. He says this. It's not going to be by your might, and it's not going to be by, by your power, but it's by my spirit. It's only by my spirit. Go forward to Jesus. Listen, apart from me, you can do nothing. Absolute negative nothing. If you want to bear fruit, it's going to have to be by my spirit. It is the only way. It's the only way. I was at Wildfires, big church festival and wildfires. And one of the people at the front said how God can get done in two minutes what you haven't been able to get done in 20 years. I was just talking to, can I say your name? Yes. Yep. I was just talking to Barb beforehand. She's now been clear of alcohol for eight months. Come on. And she said, it can only be God, Chris. It can only be God. The furthest she's got before is six, just over six months. She's now got to eight months. And she said, do you know what? I don't even want it. I don't even desire it. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely, that's amazing. So coming back to our sabbatical thing that we are in, I call it sabbatical thing because I don't really know quite what to call it. I'm not really interested in having two months away from the coalface only to treat it like a holiday because what will happen is in three months' time, I'll need another one. So I've begun to recognize through this time that God is changing me so I get different outcomes from the ones I've had so far in my life. Why? Have they been bad? No. Not bad. As a church, we have asked God, we want to see train doors open and people in that carriage healed. We want to see that as people drive into Ashford, it says, welcome to Ashford. Despair breaks off them at that moment as they go past the sign. How's that going to happen? Well, we're going to need to set up a committee. It's only going to happen by his spirit. We can do nothing. I can stand by that sign and release pom-poms, welcome them with a water cannon. I can put on a little event by the welcome to Ashford sign. It's going to change nothing. But when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, my spirit will do this stuff. When is the suicide rate in Ashford going to become zero? That's what I'm hungry for. I'm not hungry to grow a church. 
It's not mine anyway. He'll send people all over the place. But it's not going to be by might and it's not going to be by power and it's not going to be because we make a load of exciting plans. I keep trying to plan something. And God's like, what are you doing? Wow, God, you know, I love a plan. Yeah, I know, Chris. I've seen your plans for the last 13 years and well done. (laughs) Want to see mine? Oh, yes, God, I do. He says, in that case, you're going to have to learn to work a different way. You're going to have to learn to listen to the voice behind you, Isaiah 30, that says, this is the way, walk in it. You're going to have to learn to listen for the wind in the trees that says, that's where the Spirit's moving. Let's move over there. This is what the Spirit's doing. He's over that way. Nicodemus, John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. If any of you have seen this on The Chosen, oh, My word, you've got to watch it on The Chosen if you haven't. It is the most beautiful conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. And in that conversation he has, he is trying to explain. Nicodemus is like, how can you be born again? What? You can't be born of, you can't can't go back into your mother's womb and be born. What do you mean born again, Jesus? And Jesus says, listen. You've got to be born of water, of of a woman, and of the spirit. That's born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? And Jesus says, you're one of the teachers of Israel and you don't get this? You're, you're You're meant to be teaching my people this. And he says, look. And in the, it's a paraphrase, obviously. In the chosen, he says to him, is it windy right now? Or something like that. I can't remember quite how it goes. And he says, yes, it is. And he says, how do you know? Well, I can see it moving in the trees. And he says, exactly. As is my Holy Spirit. He will blow where he will. And he will do the stuff that he wants to do. But only with our cooperation. And our cooperation mainly looks like this. God, do you want to see my plans? (laughs) I've got so many of them, God. Like, do you want to see them? Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with plans. Plans are awesome. We need plans. But what we need to do is we need to look to see where God is moving. He's doing that. That's what we're going to do. Hang on a minute. He's doing that. Let's go after that. Can I say, it makes you feel... As the, like, the senior leader, it makes you feel a bit of a fraud. Chris, what's our plan? Following the Holy Spirit? Uh, what's the vision for the future? Following Jesus. I can do you a PowerPoint if you want. Um, I know, I don't know quite where we're headed, but I know who God's making us to be. It's in our name. Holy Spirit Church, Ruach Church, if you want to have it in the Hebrew, Numa Church, it's in our name. And so as individuals, God is inviting us to say, if you want to see the things happen in your life that you want to see, you have got to let my spirit really start to work in you. 
I heard something the other week that said, that said cheerfulness is the evidence that you've attached faith to the thing you're doing. Ooh. I was walking the dog at the time. I, hang on, dog. Just got to write that in my journal. Evidence. Cheerfulness is the evidence you've attached faith to what you're doing. Let me explain why. There is no situation in heaven that God throws his hands up over and says, I know. Sorry, you're on your own. Got any ideas, Gabriel? No, 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 no. Spirit? No, 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 as I'm told. Uh, No, sorry, you, uh, you you are on your own. Not one. What are God's plans for us? To prosper us, not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future. We are being transformed in his spirit from glory to glory to glory to glory. And if I'm right here feeling totally negative, then I obviously haven't attached my faith to the fact that God is saying, no, I want to take you from glory to glory. Now, of course, people die and things like that, and we get sad over that. Of course, of course. Let me tell you a quick story. Earlier on in the week, I was looking for... <laughs> I've got my little electric moped thing. It does about 36 miles an hour going downhill. Um, and I really want to be able to get a bigger one, but I'm really not into bikes. I just couldn't care less. But if you get these ones, um, these particular type, you can get them with two front wheels, and they, they then count as a trike, and you can ride them on a bike license. Uh, on a car license, sorry, on a full car license, as long as you got it before 2013. This is all good. You get 300cc, happy days, all that. So um, I thought, okay, I'm just going to start, begin to work out some prices of how much the thing is, all this kind of thing. Anyway, insurance. I, um, our car, thanks to someone in our family having a disagreement with a telegraph pole that jumped out behind her. Oh, just gave away. Um, our insurance was in the 300s. It's now in the 500s. So I thought, okay, I know roughly how much our car is worth. Okay, I think it might be 350 for 400. Yeah. So I, um, I tried to complete it online. He wouldn't let me complete it online. Trikes were a bit of a weird category. Anyway, eventually, I got through to this place. Um, 50 minutes, like, you answer every question under the sun. It goes on forever. And at the end of it, they said, okay, Mr. Kimmett, so we've got a price for you for next year. That'll be £1,212. That's my bike, not my house. And they said, yeah, yeah, sorry, Mr. Kimmett. I said, oh, uh, okay. Well, I guess I just probably won't get a bike. Thank you. That was that. Now, no one else was in. I went into the kitchen, I felt sad, like just an acute sadness, like tearful. I've been so excited, looking forward to being able to do this. And This is my default position, this. Do you know what, God? You've given me so much in my life and I'm really grateful. I don't want to be ungrateful in any way. If I can't have, if I can't have this bike, it really doesn't matter. I'm not that fussed about the bike. Do you know... We have Vera, the girl that we sponsor. She's on our pinboard in the kitchen. 
You know, we sometimes say to our girls, go and look at Vera. It's okay if you haven't got quite the flavor of chocolate bar that you wanted from Lidl. You know, that kind of thing. And you never want to become entitled. So I'm always saying, I don't complete a gratitude list, but effectively I try to live one and say, I thank you, God, for the fact you've called me. I thank you for our car, for our house, for my family. I thank you that, that we're situated where we are. It's so much to be grateful for. I was processing this sadness, trying to turn it into gratitude. That's a really good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And God said, why are you being so miserable? Oh, just... Because, you know, like... I mean, you, you heard the phone call, God. said, where's your faith? Uh, well, I just assumed that was over. Chris, how much do you think is reasonable to pay for insurance? Oh, God, there's a question. <laughs> okay, God will allow for Nick. We'll go have a go on it as well. Um, um, is she there? Hello. Uh, so in my mind, I thought, maybe 500, God. Let's call it 480, and then I can divide it by 12. Works out easily per month. So God said, well, declare that then. You've got to attach your faith to it, Chris. This is what living by my spirit looks like. This is how you create change. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. So I declared that out loud in the kitchen. So I decided next morning, right, here we go. Going to ring this next lot up. I rang the next lot up. I was on the phone 45 minutes to this lot. They came back and said, we won't insure you, Mr. Kewins. I said, I'm sorry? We will not insure you. Uh, why? Well, I've just spoken directly to our, not undertakers, underwriters. <laughs> our, our underwriters. And they said that until you've been riding that bike a year, we won't insure you. And I said, well, how am I supposed to ride that bike a year if they won't insure you? I'm sorry, Mr. Kim, we won't insure you. I said, okay. Now, in that moment, I came off the phone. Literally, I put the phone down. I, I think I was using in ears. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I finished the call, and I went like this. Because yeah. I've released my faith. I could have 10 companies say no. I'm heading to 480 clouds. That's where I'm heading. Because I've released my faith. That's what living in the spirit looks like. What change do you want to see? It's only by faith. Do you release your faith in who God is and what he's capable of? So I decided to ring up this other company. Hour and 20 minutes. I can't do, um, this guy who I spoke to, he wasn't in this country. He was such a nice guy. He said, can I start by taking your name, please? I said, yeah, Kimmons. That's K-I-M-M-A-N-C-E. And he said, Kimmons? I said, yeah. Can you spell that for me, please? Yeah. Kilo, India, Mike, Mike. Can you slow down, please? There were a couple of times I had to go on mute. I had to just mute myself and go, No, God! Yeah, no, I'm here. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> Hour and 20 minutes, he comes back and he says, 672 quid. Like, okay, 
Thank you very much. Would you like to go ahead, Mr. Kimmins? No, no, I wouldn't. I've already told you, I haven't even got the bike yet. Oh, that's right, Mr. Kimmins, you couldn't give me a registration plate. No, that's because I still haven't got the bike. But anyway, bless you, have a great day. And I came off, and I've stopped for now, because until I get the bike, there's no point. And God's saying, moving in the right direction. So when I didn't know what we were going to talk about, what I was going to talk about today, God said, it doesn't matter what you're going to talk about. What's your faith in? Who? Easy. Him. That's easy, right? What are you expecting to happen? Chris, what faith are you releasing? And I said, I'm releasing the faith that by whatever words I use, even if I say jam donut 20,000 times and nothing else, that somehow in that room you are going to work a greater hunger for you. That's where my faith is at this morning. Which is great, because it takes the pressure off me needing to deliver any kind of great talk. There is no great talk other than the ones that turn you to Jesus. They're the only great talks, right? You're never going to be impressed with my theology or my knowledge of the Bible, because there are people who know it better. And I mean, the devil knows the Bible better than I do. So, um, Kat, can you just come and... And we're going to... yeah. Uh, we're going to do something. Yeah, you can have the whole band if you want, yeah. Whole band. Kat and I have been... Um, I met with Chris this week, briefly, at Rockies. Come on. Uh, and, and I met with Kat as well. Not at Rockies. We talked a bit about the worship, and I said, do you know who the next people are that are going to be here? And she said, no. I said, no, neither do I. It's great, isn't it? Because there are going to be some people up here who we hope have some musical ability. That would be great. (laughs) It does help. But what I love about Kat's heart is, she said, beyond musical ability, I want them to be able to move in the Holy Spirit and bring something of what God wants to bring. Way more important. Because you know what? Their brilliant musicianship isn't going to change a single life. Let me say that again. Their brilliant musicianship is never going to change a single life. Not one. If you want to see, and we want to see God move in our life more, God has said to me, Chris, this isn't for you, this is for me. The clue was, Chris. It might be for you, because that's your name as well, but (laughs) let's at least just go for me. He said, Chris, I need your undivided, one-to-one attention for two hours every day. Undivided attention. Not a group thing. Not, well, I had some worship on in the background. Not, well, I was listening to a podcast. Your undivided, one-to-one attention, two hours every day. So let's stand. Just position yourself to receive from him. You know you can sing without worshipping, right? They call it singing. But Jesus said, 
that the Father is looking for those who will worship in the Holy Spirit and in truth. Holy Spirit, come now. Continue what you're doing in the room. If you don't know how to be open to the Holy Spirit, that's okay. You can just put your hands out. It's just like a position of openness, but you don't have to. But you turn your attention towards him. Holy Spirit, come. Steer us. Shape us. We are hungry for you, God. Apart from you, God, we can do nothing, absolutely nothing. God, we dream of change in our own lives. And God, we don't want this to just be transactional. Oh, I want to become more effective. I want to fall in love with you more. That someone says the name Jesus and tears appear in my eyes. Oh my goodness, he's amazing. Then we don't need to go on some evangelism course. There is no strategy other than falling more in love with him. It's the only strategy there is. That Stephen waited on tables and yet performed miraculous signs. He couldn't help but tell people about you. So much so that he naffed the authorities off. Oi, waiter, get back in your box. No way. You just find that tap inside and let it come out. Streams and rivers of living water will flow. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.